0: You're in the Freedom Hut. This is the Buck Sexton Show. Buck took the day off, but don't worry, we've still got you covered. This is the best of the Buck Sexton Show.
1: Welcome,
2: Welcome, my friends, to the Buck Sexton Show. Joe Biden taking a victory lap because the Electoral College has certified his win. And we have to take stock of where we are right now in response to this. And I think that everyone needs to understand there's going to be a lot of frustration here. There's going to be a lot of, of agitation because, yes, we know there was fraud. Yes, we know that the Democrats stack the deck in their favor with the elimination of anti-fraud safeguards using COVID-19 as an excuse. But the process is continuing on. And with each passing week now, it's favoring Joe Biden. That's that's just an objective reality that we're dealing with. Is there the possibility that there will be some last minute case that something will come up that will be able to finally prove definitively that there was systematic and intentional fraud, the kind of proof that even a weak willed even a cowardly judge would have to say for fear of shaming his profession or her profession would have to say, yes, you're correct. This is fraud. We cannot certify the results in these states. Yes, it is possible. Is it likely? I think you all know the answer to that. Joe Biden now is feeling like he is inevitable, that this is over. This is done with. We can continue. You know that old you can walk and chew gum at the same time. We can continue to look for that fraud. We can dive into the Antrim County uh, autopsy report from the uh, voting machines, right? The, uh, the deep dive that they did. I, I read it last night. I'm curious to see what's going to be done with it. I'm sure the DOJ is aware of it. I'm sure that this is being looked at. Now, being looked at is not the same thing as action taken on, but I, I believe that there are people who are going to read this thing and take a look at whether or not it, it changes the uh, certification in a place like Michigan. But we have to look at that and also understand that Joe Biden is preparing for his administration at this point, and this is likely what we are going to face. And I understand there's going to be heat that I get for this. I understand that people don't want to hear this, but I always tell you that I will speak the truth to you. As I see it, and I I believe that this is the objective truth right now, it is a future. uh, It is an issue of, of the future. It is a prediction in a sense, right? The future has not happened yet. To borrow from the Terminator films, the future is not yet set. But we need to understand what the reality of the numbers tells us right now and prepare accordingly, including making sure that we focus on the race right ahead of us here in Georgia, because a Biden administration with the House and the Senate in Democrat control is a very different thing than a Biden administration with divided Congress. With a divided Congress, they're going to have to prop up this really buffoonish, clownish and yes, corrupt fellow and spend a tremendous amount of time and energy and resources Just to make sure the American people don't see for themselves, this is the this is the clown that we've elected. Really? This guy? Now, I know a lot of you would say you didn't elect him, but if he becomes president, then he is technically the guy. And so we look at this now and we say, what can we do in preparation? What can we do to get ready for this? Well, I can tell you this much. A lot of what they were saying about Trump will be true or would be true about a Biden administration. A lot of it would be accurate. For example, when they talked about state media under Trump, they would say this. They really would only say this as a knock on Fox News. And I was consistent in pointing out that state media would indicate that there's only really one acceptable media point of view. I mean, true state media, some places have a government, a kind of quasi government or government organ. But usually if there's an actual state media apparatus. The opposition is at a minimum uh, tiny, right? The opposition is small. In this country, we had the opposite. We had 95 percent of journos out there, 95 percent of them anti the administration, and they advanced their careers despite what they said, despite what Jim Acosta would pretend when he'd go to the White House. You know, they were not doing the the journalistic equivalent of storming the beaches of Normandy. They were advancing their careers. They were becoming more famous. They were fattening their paychecks. So in no way. Whatsoever, in no way, do we see this now and have any reason to believe that Joe Biden will be anything other than. uh, Absolutely coddled and propped up and assisted by the media. That's what's going to happen, and you're going to hear a lot of empty rhetoric From Biden himself, but also from the people around him, because this is going to be the most incredible emperor has no clothes situation you've ever seen. The emperor is too old. He's incompetent and he's corrupt. But they're going to tell you that this is great. There's going to be this amazing restoration of America that happens. You know, that's a fraud. You know, that's not true. The amount of lies that you are likely to be told in the next 90 days alone will surpass anything you've ever seen before. Because now the media doesn't even really pretend. There's no objectivity. They picked a team. He's their team. This is what they're going to do. And here's what Biden was saying yesterday. On the one hand, calling for unity, calling to bring us all together, and then trashing Trump. Play 18.
3: By his own standards, these numbers represented a clear victory then, and I respectfully suggest they do so now. If anyone didn't know before, they know now. What beats deep in the hearts of the American people is this, democracy. The right to be heard. To have your vote counted. To choose leaders of this nation. To govern ourselves. In America, politicians don't take power. People grant power to them. The flame of democracy was lit in this nation a long time ago. And we now know nothing, not even a pandemic, Or an abuse of power can extinguish that flame.
2: An Abuse of power. What was the abuse of power again? Bringing lawsuits? Something that they did endlessly and in bad faith against Trump to slow him down. But now the courts are bad. Understand that we are not only going into a post-journalism area with the Democrats. We're also going into a post-principal era. Whatever they don't like, whatever stands in their way, they'll just discard. They don't have to make any show of really caring what you think anymore. This is about the raw exercise of political power. They think they will have achieved it through this. And look at what they did to get here. Biden's talking about democracy and how beautiful a thing it is now because he likes the outcome for him as it stands so far. The rest of us stand around saying you guys changed the rules in an election year by hyperventilating about or, and exaggerating about the threat of of covid-19 only as it pertains of course to voting in person not to having blm rallies in the streets not to any number of, of other activities that are democrat approved but voting no that that required enormous shifts in the actual mail-in balloting process and and transforming the process in the year of the election and using it to the absolute maximum advantage and and i do at some level blame republicans who are supposed to be the ones on guard against this, blocking this. I I blame them for not doing more in advance, for not seeing this train coming down the tracks. Why do you think Pelosi and the other libs were going all out with the crazy post office conspiracy over the summer? So that's something that now we have to learn from, I hope, going forward, no matter what, no matter what we end up finding out here about the fraud. I will continue to look at every allegation, every bit of evidence that is presented here by the Trump legal team, by anyone who comes forward and has proof of fraud. We owe that to the country, but we also need to be ready for what is coming now. And you are going to see an administration that has the full and open partisan backing of the social media companies. The entirety of the journalistic media apparatus in its pocket. Big government and big uh, business working hand in glove, not shedding any tears for the destruction, the wanton, reckless destruction of small businesses across the country as a result of these preposterous lockdowns. Um, You're not going to see any tears over that. They like this advantage that they have. The eradication of small business is something that Democrats aren't particularly upset about either. Every business that's independently owned and operated is a little bit of a a pushback against central planning. So they, they prefer that they just have Amazon and Google and these mega corporations calling all the shots and making sure they go in favor of the Democrats. And we're going to be up against an administration that has already shown us Again, assuming that this pathway continues, but we have to deal with the path that is before us. We're going to have an administration that is already compromised by China, our chief geopolitical rival. They lied about Russia collusion with Trump and pretended that Russia was a much greater threat than it was. But in fact, what they were saying about about Russia is true of China. It has infiltrated our government apparatus. It has been stealing our most sensitive information and secrets for years. And it has compromised the would be first family very directly and very obviously. So this is going to be an enormous challenge. I hope that no matter what, President Trump and all of his uh, chief advisors and, and supporters will come together and face this as one. But. This is where we are. The Electoral College, it is now President-elect Biden as of now. I I understand that you're going to tell me it's a fraud. And I share your sentiment. I share your outrage. But this is where we are now. I've been saying we trust the process. The process is not over, but we are taking stock of this today. We have our work cut out for us, friends. We have a Georgia election to win. We have judges that should be getting At the last minute here, push through as many federal judges as possible. I don't know what the heck is going on with the Republicans thinking that they can take it easy. And we have to start to make the argument against what will be a Biden administration that has a lot of support from very powerful people. And you will be told that what you know is not true and what you know isn't so. You got to relearn that part of it. Get ready for this, friends. We are in this together. We will eventually win. It's just a question of
0: liberty, truth, and great hair. You're listening to the best of the Buck Sexton show.
3: Four years ago, when I was the sitting Vice President of the United States, it was my responsibility to announce the tally of the Electoral College votes in the joint session of Congress that voted to elect Donald Trump. I did my job. And I'm pleased, but not surprised, by the number of my former Republican colleagues in the Senate who have acknowledged already the results of the Electoral College. I thank them. And I'm convinced we can work together for the good of the nation on many subjects that's the duty owed to the people to our constitution to our history you know in this battle <clears throat> for the soul of america democracy prevailed we the people voted <clears throat> faith in our institutions held the integrity of our elections remains intact and <clears throat> now it's time to turn the page as we've done throughout our history to unite <clears throat> to heal
2: yeah he sounds like he's in great shape doesn't he everything's going to be just fine it's going to be a great president it's <laughs> going to be a great presidency folks all All 18 months or so of it before he decides he's had enough. Although, you know, I will say a lot of us underestimated. You know, I don't think it's fair to say you under. I underestimated Joe Biden. I underestimated the Democrat willingness to put forward a a clownish buffoon, but to create a a package of a Biden administration that they were able to sell to enough people uh, that they thought this was going to be much better. Look, the the Trump derangement syndrome that they spread all that the media spread all across the country, it it certainly had an effect. I mean, there there were a lot, a lot of people. The fact that Joe Biden, let's say Joe Biden cheated just theoretically. I don't want anyone to fact check me on this, but let's say Joe Biden had his had his team add a half a million votes to the tally. The fact that this guy still got the 80 million votes roughly that that he is mind blowing. This clown. This guy whose son is getting spare keys made for him to open up the office where they're going to be peddling influence to the Chinese Communist Party when he's not, you know, getting strippers knocked up and pretending he's not the dad and doing all kinds of, you know, I mean, come on, this guy hes going to be president. Maybe, maybe. I know it's not until he's sworn in. I mean, folks, I just want to know what what will be the at, at what point. Do you think that it's no longer an issue of having a backbone for the fight to call in the president? Do we do we wait? I, I will ask some folks this because I know today, just by me saying I'm trying to take stock of where we are and be honest about this, I know people are going to email me and say that you know I don't have enough stomach for the fight or something like that, and I would just want to respond to them. What I've been saying, fight every step of the way, but at some point, you know, at some point, we're the team that's staying behind on the field at least for this particular game, when the other team is left, they're waving a trophy in the air and the stands have emptied out and the lights, you know, the, the, the field lights are getting turned off. Is it, is it the inauguration day? Do I think that there's going to be an opportunity perhaps to bring action against Joe Biden and against uh, some of the other some of the Democrats who were involved in Russia collusion, for example, based on the Durham probe. I think it's possible. I wouldn't say it's likely at all. I always tell you, no one can predict the future. Obviously, not a lot of us conservatives can. I really believed in my heart that Trump was going to win. And yeah, I think that if only legal ballots were counted, I think that Trump did win. But I can't change this. You can't change this. I mean, I, I wish that I had the resources and the ability to go out there and find all this fraud and piece it all together. I'm, a, I'm willing to tell you though, the people that, that are claiming that don't worry, it's still in the bag. There's the plan. Release the Kraken. They're not being honest with you. They're not being straight with you. Now, the best, the biggest, earliest Trump supporters that I know, people that I won't name because I've talked to them in confidence, but the ones that I know, they'll say offline, yeah, look, this is not, it's not looking good, but we fight this to the end. That's where I am. I'm just telling you, let's let's deal with what's ahead of us. Continue to to push. See where this Antrim County uh, audit is. The the forensic electronic audit really goes and understand that there's a lot there's a lot that we have here uh, that we have to focus on. And I am very concerned about the trajectory of the U.S. uh, versus China under a possible Biden administration now. But, you know, this is this is something that we we have to regain our focus here pretty quickly because they're going to want to hit the ground running. We are weeks away from an inauguration that the media is going to treat as a total reset. And remember, our freedoms are under assault because of covid in ways that are unimaginable. Uh, We have an enormous challenge ahead of us with the Chinese Communist Party. And we've got a buffoon in Joe Biden who's going to be the one calling the shots if this trend continues.
0: Buck took the day off, but don't worry. We've still got you covered. This is the best of the Buck Sexton show.
2: I've been saying for four years now that it's a certainty that Barack Obama, when he was president, knew that his administration on the way out was running a essentially a spying and uh and, and disinformation campaign against the incoming Trump administration. It's obvious. There's no way that Comey and Brennan and Clapper and go down the list. There's no way that they would have been able to, that they would have felt comfortable doing this stuff if they didn't feel like ultimately they had cover from Obama for it, that he had at least been informed. And you'd say, well, how does that protect them? They would say they went through chain of command. This is how bureaucracies avoid accountability. No one is ever really accountable for anything because everyone's accountable for everything. That's the way they do it. So they just say, well, I I didn't I approved this FISA, but somebody else wrote up the FISA. Well, I wrote up the FISA, but somebody else provided the raw material, the raw information I used for the FISA. Well, I approved it, but somebody else was supposed to review it. Right. So no one ever really gets nailed, but they all know what they're doing. Right, they're all part of what what is uh, o- almost like a federal government racketeering operation. You know, that's that's what you see happening here. They're all they're all a part of it. You want to bring like a RICO charge against them because it's a, a multi-layered conspiracy, and that is exactly what Russia collusion was. And I understand right now there's frustration because the Durham probe has not resulted in even a report. And I knew it wasn't going to happen on a timeline for the election because ultimately guys like Durham, guys like Bill Barr, they understand the politics involved here. And they're not they for whatever for their own reasons, for their own ethical choices and decisions, they will not bend the rules to be more political. They won't do it. They also maybe won't allow the other side to get away with doing it, but they themselves will not will not bend the rules in order to score political points. So they weren't going to accelerate the Durham probe. That's what I'm telling you. But now it's been it's been designated as a special counsel. And as we know, the Democrats will just say, oh, who cares? We'll get rid of that as soon as there's a Biden uh, a Biden presidency. It will be more difficult, though, and it will give us something to work with and perhaps even escalate to where the Republicans are talking about impeachment And I'm just going to say this, I I believe in using all the tactics and all the the stratagems that the left engaged in against Trump. I think that we should hold them to their standards going forward, which means the bar for a Joe Biden, Joe Biden presidency for impeachment, for special counsel. It's very low, very low. They told us that phone call that Trump had with his Ukrainian counterpart. If that can get you impeached, Joe Biden better watch his step the moment the Republicans take back the House majority. And I'm not going to stand in their way. I'm going to be cheering them on saying, yep, let's go for it. What's good for one side, good for the other. The only way to make them think twice about the kinds of underhanded tactics they use is to make them live by those tactics. It's the only way. Now let's get back to what the Former President Obama knew and hat tip Sean Davis of the federalist.com for this piece. DNI declassifies handwritten notes from John Brennan 2016 CIA referral on Clinton campaign's collusion operation. Here's what he writes. Quote: On Tuesday, Director of National Intelligence John Ratcliffe declassified and released to Congress handwritten notes from CIA Director Brennan as well as a CIA investigative referral to James Comey and Peter Strzok requesting that they investigate Russian knowledge of Hillary Clinton's anti-Trump collusion smear operation. He goes on top U.S. intelligence officials were so concerned heading into the 2016 election that the Russians were aware of and potentially manipulating Democratic presidential candidate Hillary Clinton's plans to smear Donald Trump as a Russian agent that they personally briefed President Barack Obama on the matter. Newly declassified Central Intelligence Agency documents show CIA officials also requested that the FBI investigate Russian knowledge of the Clinton campaign's collusion smear operation. Newly declassified handwritten notes from the former CIA director John Brennan show the U.S. intelligence community knew in 2016 that Russian intelligence was actively monitoring and potentially injecting disinformation into Clinton's anti-Trump collusion narrative. The intelligence concerning Russia's knowledge of Clinton campaign plans was so concerning to Brennan and other national security officials that they personally informed Obama of the matter in the Oval Office in the summer of 2016. These are handwritten notes from CIA director Brennan. So they were telling the president then Barack Obama, they were telling him, yeah, there's Russian disinformation stuff going on here. We got real concerns about this, but, uh, you know, maybe we could also use this. Maybe we run with this. See, that's what the decision was. This would be something like if a person came in and said, you know, I know I know that uh, that, you know, John, my neighbor, assassinated, not John Wilkes Booth, obviously, John, my neighbor, assassinated Abraham Lincoln. I mean, you could walk into a into a police station and, you know, there's no statute of limitations on murder. So, you know, they would usually say, "Okay, let's. A normal reaction would be, let's take this person for psychological evaluation, or maybe you just ignore them and say, get out of here, buddy. But it's not always the case that people will act ethically when they're presented with information that a normal analysis would tell them is absurd. And so it also provides an opportunity for the unscrupulous. They can use that as the basis for an investigation. That's exactly what they did in Russiagate. All this stuff was being said, all these rumors, they had no real evidence at all, and there was Russian disinformation out there, and they figured, well, what if we just rely on the Russian disinformation and pretend that we believe it? And maybe we do a little bit, but not really, but maybe. And then we start monitoring, investigating, spying on the Trump campaign. Right? This would be like your neighbor John all of a sudden has Police officers banging on his door saying, we have a you know, we have a report that you assassinated Abraham Lincoln. They, they could do that. Right. I mean, they, they could say that. I mean, maybe in that case, the, the case was never opened. It's not their jurisdiction. But you get what I'm saying. right? I mean, you know, they, they, they could they could come to you. And and if you were accused of of a murder in California when you were actually in Omaha, Nebraska, and the police knew that. They could still continue the investigation of you. They could still say, well, you know, it's not totally not totally proven yet. But we rely at some level on good faith operations from people who have this kind of power. If you're willing to abuse good faith, you can find a justification to investigate anyone you want for anything you want. That's exactly what Obama and all the clowns around him did. Now we know. Obama knew about this and Obama never spoke out. He would have known that there was Russian disinformation, that the Russians were actively trying to lie about Trump to get this whole story of stealing the election and, and Trump working with the Russians. Uh, he would have known that it was all out there. Did he ever speak out about this? Obama, right? The great patriot, the guy who loves the country so much. I mean, if you read the reviews of his most recent autobiography, because I think he's got four now, at least three. You read the reviews, I, I've never seen such uh, sycophantic rantings from people who at least ostensibly make a living from telling people important truths that they may not want to hear in the media, right? They don't really make a living doing that, but that is, that is what they say. Um, they love Obama in a way they've never loved any politician. The Democrats and the, the mainstream Democrat Party and its elites and intelligentsia think that Barack Obama is really above human, not quite a God, but not quite a human being either. He's something even more special than that. And they were never going to push him on. Why didn't you, out of love for your country, come forward and say, hey, guys, th- this stuff about Trump being a Russian traitor, it really is really not. It's really not true. We should. There's a lot of other reasons that we as Democrats don't like this guy, but that's not what. No, of course not. He was silent about it. Pretend that he didn't know anything about it. Man, I don't know. You know, just it's just the intelligence community, man. There's no politics here. It's just the IC doing what they do. That's what they tell us. That's what they claim. It's all a lie. Uh, we are heading into this period in American politics where I think they hope the left and the Democrats hope that they can bend us to their will about what we even remember that the brainwashing will extend well beyond their most ardent supporters to people who are just trying to keep up with what's going on, and they are overwhelmed by the propaganda machine. So let me just tell you right now, let's let's get this for our purposes on the record so we can remember this. Barack Obama knew about the Russia collusion smear against Trump, almost certainly ordered it to escalate. He definitely knew about it, and he did nothing to stop it as completely unethical political assassin Democrats went after the Trump administration with this lie for years. It is the worst political scandal of my lifetime. It's a disgrace. And all this stuff about respect our democracy and give up Trump and all this other stuff is coming from people who do not give a crap about the ideals or the rules or the aspirations of, enshrined in the constitution and in the history of this republic they could care less about any of that the raw exercise of power me 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 i want mine i'm right i'm a lib you be quiet the media agrees with me that is how they view all of this so get ready for that going forward don't expect any good faith operations from their side they feel like they largely got away with this which means they'll try similar stuff in the future. And the only way that we can push back is by shouting the truth in their faces and refusing to bend when they try to coerce us with even more lies.
0: Bucks off spreading freedom coast to coast. This is the best of the Buck Sexton show.
4: As we've been talking here, it's hardly a profile encouraged for McConnell to come out and say this now. His delay has had a real world impact and been physically dangerous for some people so around true. the country, which we'll talk about uh, over the course of this broadcast. What?
2: What's CNN? What kind of craziness is CNN saying now? It's been physically dangerous. What's going on? It's physically dangerous to people, for McConnell to that. No, it's not. The guy hadn't been declared the president by the Electoral College. That's when he's the president elect. You know, what's next? The media's going to say you have to declare the winner of the presidency before the actual election happens. Look at the polls, man. Look at the polls. Well, that's not how it works, is it? As we know, you better not trust those polls. Just remember this. Look at look at a, just a, a series of, of issues from from recent times, whether it is on this election or it's on the BLM movement, the renaming of statues, uh, police reform, all, all of these issues. The people that try to that try to bend the knee to the left in the hopes that this will bring them closer to our side and will open dialogue and the Democrats will all of a sudden respond in good faith. They're always disappointed because when they're making outlandish demands or they're they're basing their whole argument in lies, in misrepresentations, and you say, OK, OK, but they're so angry about this. Fine. We'll give them it's like it's like giving a child throwing a tantrum what he wants. It's not going to get better. Now they know. Oh, OK. So we just we just throw another tantrum. Great. OK, we can do that again. This is the only way you can deal with the left. You you make overtures to the Democrats when it is in our interests and within our principles and when it shows good faith from their side. That's it. You don't do it because you hope they'll be less crazy once you've given them something they want. That never works. All oh, you're just encouraging the encouraging the monster. That's all you're doing. All right. Mitch McConnell said, calls Biden president-elect the day of the electoral college vote being held. And do you, do they say, all right, good for Mitch McConnell that you know? No, of course not. They hate Mitch McConnell. They hate the Republicans. They say, well, it's, hard. it's, hard. it's hardly a profile of courage. people are dead. I know, Stelter and Berman apparently sound the same, but they do kind of sound the same. It's hardly a profound courage. Um, what was he supposed to do? Why call him President elect Biden before he's actually formally the President elect? This is a United States Senator. There were legal challenges making their way through the courts. There still are legal challenges making their way through the courts. But you see, it's, it's not enough. They tell you right now admit that they're just say Biden's a president and, and tell us that there was no fraud. We can all be friends. Just say that there wasn't fraud and that Biden really won one fair and square. No cheating whatsoever. We'll like you then. I guarantee you, if you do that, if you were to profess to you know your coworkers or if you were to say online to someone you're having a debate over politics with, you know what? You're right. Biden didn't. act. There wasn't cheating to help him win. There was no fraud. This was totally fair. And uh, they'll say, ha ha, you, you lost. You suck. It's all it's all over for you, you you know you dumb Trumper. Like they they don't they don't want to be fair minded to you at all. So when they pretend that that's where this is coming from, it's a trap. It's a trap. It's the guy who you walk past on the street who says, "Hey man, I'm I'm having a really hard time here, and you know I just I just could you I just can you, can you just give me a dollar? I I swear I just I I need a dollar for bus fare, and and you know then I'll be fine." And you say, all right, buddy. And you go for your wallet. And he goes, no. And he pulls out a knife and he says, I'll just take your wallet. Thanks so much. That's how the Democrats play this game. Do not forget it. But also don't forget that Trump's not going anywhere either way. They're starting to realize this with too. Even Romney knows it. Play 18.
0: Well, I think uh, President Trump will continue to have substantial influence on the party. And I think if you, if you look at the people who are rumored to be thinking of running in, in 2024, besides uh, the president, uh, those are people who are, are trying to appeal to kind of a populist approach. Um, uh, so I don't think Trumpism is going away. Uh, but I hope that we can have disagreements over policy and a vision of our respective parties without continuing to promote a, a, a narrative which puts democracy itself in jeopardy and when you tell people that voting doesn't work and that democracy can't work because we don't have legitimate elections that's a very dangerous thing to be saying
2: no one says that democracy doesn't work i mean he he, now he's just creating straw men we're saying that when democrats change major rules in an election to create mail-in balloting which are which leaves the door wide open for fraud and then there's all these really sketchy numbers and all these affidavits we got questions and we want answers Oh, but why are you threatening our democracy? Democrats were arguing for faithless electors in 2016. Do you remember that? The Democrats were arguing for the election to be nullified in 2016.
0: You're in the Freedom Hut. This is the Buck Sexton Show. Buck took the day off, but don't worry. We've still got you covered. This is the best of the Buck Sexton Show.
2: Oh, here we are. We find out that something that came up in the days before the election that we were not allowed to say that was being intentionally suppressed by social media was in fact true. Hunter Biden is officially, by his own admission, under investigation by federal prosecutors who are looking at his foreign ties and possible money laundering. And where do we think some of those foreign ties may be? China. That's right. Starting to see the Democrat Party was doing a whole smokescreen operation for four years. Yes, they were attacking Trump on Russia, but their Russia fixation seemed to also serve the very useful additional purpose of preventing people from paying more attention to very high-level Democrat connections to our true national security threat, our true economic challenger, the People's Republic of China. And here is Politico with the piece. The federal investigation into President-elect Hunter, uh, Joe, Biden, Joe Biden's son Hunter Biden has been more extensive than a statement from Hunter Biden indicates, according to a person with first-hand knowledge of the investigation – On Wednesday, Hunter Biden said he had been contacted about a tax investigation of the U.S. Attorney's Office in Delaware. In addition to Delaware, the securities fraud unit in the Southern District of New York also scrutinized Hunter Biden's finances, according to the person with direct knowledge of the investigation. The person said that as of early last year, investigators in Delaware and Washington were also probing potential money laundering and Hunter Biden's foreign ties. Person spoke on the condition of anonymity because they are not authorized to discuss yada yada. OK. Uh, in addition to the probe in 100 Biden, federal authorities in the Western District of Pennsylvania are conducting a criminal investigation of a hospital business in which Joe Biden's brother, James, was involved. Federal officials have asked about James Biden's role in the business, according to a second hand blah, blah. OK, there is no indication Joe Biden himself is under investigation. But this could complicate his presidency and shine an unflattering light on his relative's dealings. You don't say this is the best the Democrats could do. Really? Here we are. And this is not a Russia collusion fairy tale. This is not something that was cooked up by a bunch of lib, unethical journos at the New York Times or James Comey and some other smug weirdos at the DOJ. This is real. Here we are just a little just a month or so past the election, still have challenges in the courts. I know. But the election day has come and gone. And now they're like, yeah, it turns out uh, Hunter Biden is under serious criminal scrutiny right now. I I thought Joe Biden was going to restore honor and dignity to the White House. That's what they told us. I thought that Joe Biden was a totally straight shooter. I, I thought that Joe Biden was somebody that. You didn't have to worry about good old Scranton Joe, blue-collar Joe, who's been living in multi-million dollar houses, despite being a public servant his entire adult life, pretty much. uh, He's been living in multi-million dollar houses for the last 40 years. But, you know, blue-collar Joe, sure. Sure he is. Uh, Now, this is where there's so much that I want to jump into here. Let's start with this. The media actively lied to the American people right before the election. We need to understand that the Democrat aligned mainstream media, 95 percent of Democrats supporting and voting. And the independent journalists are they're registered independents, but they're all Democrats. That's just a game they play. Uh, They they did more than just support their guy. They lied about information of the public interest in the public interest In order to make sure that there would be a an outcome that they desired. That was what it was. And the social media companies now work hand in glove with the mainstream media. You know, they're essentially just an extension of it, although really they're more powerful than the mainstream media. Google, Facebook, Twitter, they can they can kill any media outlet they want to. They can throttle you, shut you down, cut off your funds, cut off your reach. You're done. What are you going to do? You're going to go to askjeeves.com. Good luck. So what do we make of this? The people who were lecturing us for four years about the need to protect our sacred democracy, the people who have been claiming that the big threat to our future was Donald Trump
5: lying. He lies.
2: That's what they always said. They all lied to you. They were all either actively engaged in or complicit in this lie, which I got to be honest with you, I've told you all along, I don't think that this was necessarily going to be the end for the Biden campaign. But then again, we didn't really know whether there was money laundering tied to all of this, too. It's one thing to say Hunter Biden is involved in sleazy dealings. It's another thing to say he could. Be a felon involved in hiding money that's getting paid to him by agents of the People's Republic of China. That's that's a bit more. That's an escalation. Right. Getting getting paid a little bit on the side is one thing. Being a convicted felon would be another. The media lied to you. They they actively work to suppress the truth because they think they know better than you about who should be president of the United States. The media lied to you. All right. So we start with that. It's so funny, too. Now they're like, oh, yeah, underreported story, they're saying, or, you know, didn't get that much attention. These are the news outlets saying it. I remember when it was, oh, this is all a lie. Think about the, the Hunter Biden story, the progression. At first, it was fake news, they said. At first, there was no Hunter Biden laptop. Then it was the laptop was stolen. And so, therefore, the information on it was inadmissible or something in a journalistic sense. Then it was, oh, it was hacked, which all these things were not true. And then it was, oh, there's really nothing there. There's nothing on the laptop, nothing to see here. And now it's, oh, yeah, it turns out the laptop was real. It wasn't stolen. It wasn't hacked. It was 100 percent true. And there is a federal money laundering investigation into what the who the media is calling the president elect's son. He's not the president elect until the Electoral College meets. That is that is actually the process. They can say this all day, but it does not actually change the, the truth. Right. This would be like saying, well, we don't actually have to say that there's you know, this guy's an, an alleged murderer. We'll just say he's a murderer in the press because, you know, that alleged thing. Let's skip past the jury trial. No, I, I say no. I say we we have these rules for a reason. And if you're going to ask us, ask us to respect some parts of the process, you can't then discount others. But of course, that's what the media does all the time. Show us your principles, they say to conservatives when it's in the interests of the left and the Democrats, when it advantages them to pretend that they also have principles. And then we see them abandon any principle at the moment that they think that that is helpful. We're not supposed to notice this. Oh, what are they going to say now? Hunter Biden uh, is not a not a problem for, for Joe Biden. Remember, it wasn't just that Hunter Biden was doing. This wasn't Hunter Biden got caught, you know, selling weed at a party or something. This guy's a 40 something year old man and he was leveraging his dad and including his dad in these discussions to get rich. And he's a total screw up. This guy, we all know that everyone knows that even his dad knows that. So we know that he's not some criminal genius or something. It's not like he covered his tracks well. So if they look into this at all, it's very likely that they'll find out that there were some problems here. But do I think they'll really look into this? I've already had some friends reaching out and asking, do you you think that a a Joe Biden DOJ would even begin a serious investigation or or allow the continuation of a serious investigation of possible money laundering of the president's son? The answer is no. And I know people don't want to hear that. I, I know we want to think that, The system isn't that rotten or that corrupt. I'm here to tell you the Democrats have made it that rotten and corrupt. That is where we are now. Look at Russia collusion. They are promoting people in the media and in government from the Obama era now who were big Russia collusion hoaxers. If you were a Russia collusion PP tape truther, you have benefited from that. Because the whole point of it was the smear, the sliming, the attack on Trump. It wasn't about defending our democracy. Nobody really believes that because nobody really thought that there was Russia collusion. At least nobody was moderately intelligent, but they pretended. Okay, yeah, we can run with this. We'll do this story night after night after night. The first three years of the Trump presidency were dominated by a story in the media that was a lie. That they pretended to be just, oh, we're serious journals and we're looking into this. Absolutely not true. The whole thing was a fraud. The moment you understand that we are now in an information environment of warring propaganda machines, you start to see everything more clearly. If you are not a polemicist these days, you are controlled opposition for the other side. That's where we are. You're either fighting against this or you're not... Worth people's time with what you're doing, right? You're either taking a stand against the leftist Democrat media collective, or what are you really doing? I'm talking about for people in the media, not for everybody. And so this is where we find ourselves. This is where we are. People ask me, what should be done now? Do I think a Hunter Biden investigation would be allowed to continue under Joe Biden? Absolutely not. They'll shut it down. Bill Clinton lied under oath as clearly as anyone can lie about anything never even faced a criminal charge didn't have to pardon himself didn't matter does anyone really think that it'll be different under a Biden administration after all the lectures we got about our sacred democracy from these Democrats you think they're going to change absolutely not so what can we do other than point out the lies other than try to shame them they won't they won't be shamed into into honor or decency but they should be shamed anyway and the media is atrocious in this country. It's a disgrace. But what else can we do? Appoint a special counsel. President Trump is the president. Attorney General Bill Barr is the head of the Department of Justice. This is a perfect example of where we need a special counsel because this investigation is going to be fraught with political pressure and considerations. So we need someone brought in from the outside to have full autonomy to investigate Hunter Biden and his associates up to and including Joe Biden if and when he becomes president of the United States. Why not? Someone explain to me why we should not do this. Oh, because it's mean? Because it'll make the Democrats have the sads? It's an even better reason. Look at what they did to us. If they get away with this and they're on they're on the the edge of getting away with it. If they do, they will do it again and they will have benefited from it. Maybe it's time we start fighting fire with fire. A special counsel on Hunter Biden sounds like a great idea. to.
0: Liberty, truth and great hair. You're listening to the best of the Buck Sexton show.
6: What was interesting was how much, uh, how, how, how much we all said the same thing. We were a lot of people from different countries talking about freedom of the press in their country, in Europe and in Asia and in Africa. And, and, Uh, Donald Trump has had a very, very corrosive effect on the freedom of the press. I used to say in the beginning in 2017 that um, this was just rhetoric, but the fact is that he's called us the enemy of the people, and the term fake news has been repeated by 50 presidents, prime ministers, and other national leaders around the world, Uh, and it's become uh, become a calling card for authoritarians. And so I do think there's been a very corrosive effect, but I would like to say that i think that at least in this country our system has the court that the system is held in terms of democracy the press has done its job the courts the 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 separation that the courts have done their job so i am not as um you know negative and pessimistic as um, some of my colleagues internationally
2: that's what you'll hear over at msnbc i I wanted you to, to get to listen to that drivel because that's a pretty good summation. The, the libs, the journos are lunatics. I mean, they're, they're completely deranged. They think they've done their job. Oh, I'm sorry. The suppression of speech that is going on that's coming from social media, is that something that they talk about? Do they fight against that? They have no problem with it. They are in cahoots. They are a part of this. They are the authoritarians. That is the tragic irony of this whole situation. We all see it. Yes, the press did their the press did their job by lying to the American people about Russia collusion for three, four years now. That's their job. They have no credibility. They show no ethics, no decency. They never apologize. It's just creating this frothy mouthed rage machine of anti-Trumpism. That's what they did. When she says we did our job, you know what she's really saying? Yeah, because we think Trump lost the election now. That that is in the journo's view, their job, their job was not to present the American people with facts. You know, they talk about democracy in the media all the time and they talk about free speech. They're, they're enemies of free speech. And journalism as a profession is actually the enemy of the American people right now. It's true because they're liars and there's no accountability. And what they do is disgusting. But when she says that they accomplished their mission, unfortunately, or, or did their job, Unfortunately, from the perspective of a leftist, there's some truth to that, because here we are still fighting it out over this election, still wondering if we're able to get some justice here. And the journos are all saying, well, we we weren't able to do it in 2016, but we rebounded and got it done in 2020. Does Anyone really doubt that they found their purpose to be destroying Donald Trump and stopping him from having four more years? They suppressed the Hunter Biden story. The reason fake news resonates so much. And let's remember, they were the ones, the elite journos were the ones that popularized the term fake news because their whole initial pitch was that Trump voters are so dumb, they believe all the fake news stories from Russia online. And then Trump said, no, you are the fake news. Completely turned it around. It was actually one of the most brilliant things he did in his presidency. He took their weapon and used it against them. And they hate him for it. They absolutely hate him for it. And now they want to tell you that, what, they're going to speak truth to power if and when there's this Biden presidency, which is going to be just a joke. This guy Joe Biden, is he's a clown. He, I don't care. If, if he ends up being president, I don't care. He's still B-team. Always will be. Nothing impressive about this guy. Nothing worthwhile about his leadership or his vision. Just a guy who shows up and does what he's got to do, whatever that took, saying whatever he had to say, shilling for the credit card companies out of Delaware for a long time. And and now he's supposed to be some man of the people who unites us and brings us all together. Just wait until they shut down the Hunter Biden investigation. You know what they're going to say? If there's a Biden administration, they shut down the Hunter Biden investigation uh, probe. I, I can assure you, I already know what the talking point will be. But Trump pardon people, and Trump is so bad, and Trump, you know, orange man bad. That's all they'll say. They won't even they won't even be able to connect the dots with wow. So Biden's actually really.
0: Buck took the day off, but don't worry, we've still got you covered. This is the best of the Buck Sexton Show.
5: Yeah, absolutely. It's exactly what they have been doing. And again, I think, unfortunately, the, the Chinese effort here is much deeper than people in Washington are willing to admit. Listen, I can just tell you that intelligence agencies have made very clear to senators, and I know because I've seen the briefings, I've heard the briefings that have been in them, they've made clear that the Chinese have a massive, sprawling espionage effort. They are trying to influence uh, senators. They're trying to influence elected representatives, mayors, governors, all of the above. They are actively trying to spy on elected officials and And other Americans. We know with companies like TikTok, China is hungry for every piece of data that they can get on the American people, and they are leveraging every technology in that they have with companies like TikTok and others, trying to pursue partnerships with American companies to try to gather that information on Americans. And unfortunately, what has DC done about it? Basically, nothing. I mean, nothing. They've just looked the other way. This is why it's time to stand up. It's true.
2: In fact, there are very powerful interests, including in the media, that have been working to downplay just the massive cyber espionage campaign that China has been waging against us for for decades. This has been going on for over 20 years now. Who, we'll never know the full scope and scale of the information that they've stolen from us. As I've said before, it is civilization shifting in its power and in the gravity of the situation. This is an enormous problem underplayed, not talked about enough, not pushed enough nearly in our our own media because there are a lot of people that benefited from it. You know, think about this. If you're a content creator, you're a media organization, you want to be, you want to get access to the Chinese market? Yes or no? Even if you can't get access to the Chinese market, do you want access to Chinese money in America? Chinese investors, you know, people coming up with all these different ways to infuse money into the system. I see even Georgetown University uh, is now coming under some degree of, of scrutiny uh, for the fact that there's a lot of Chinese money. That there. There, there also is a lot of Saudi money there. I mean, these our university system, which is also a part of this uh, propaganda apparatus, our university system is doing everything that it can to get as much outside, as much foreign capital as possible, and a big part of all of this is for those countries that take that send these donations to know that they have influence now. That there's a, there are certain kinds of professors, certain kinds of programs they want to push. The Confucius Institutes set up all over the United States. These are these are Chinese efforts. You know, it's supposed to be about teaching the Chinese language, and it's all it's all meant to be in good faith and building bonds and relationships. No. It's infiltration. It's meant to steer our policy in certain directions. And I'm sorry, but we cannot let it go that for years the Democrats have been telling us that Russia is the threat. For years, Democrats have been telling us that we need to be worried about our primary competitor, the Russian government. And it's just not true. It was an obvious lie, so you have to ask, why would they lie to us in that way? Why would they make these claims? Well, perhaps it's because they were benefiting from it. Perhaps it's because Eric Swalwell, among others, have been compromised or even just been steered. Remember, influence operations don't have to be blackmail-based influence operations don't have to be about getting somebody to pass classified or break the law or betray their country. And I'm going to say this, the people that are saying that Swalwell, you know're they're, they're insinuating that he passed classified, I don't know if he did or he didn't, but we don't have any proof of that. and you're you're really accusing someone of treason at that level. So we should be, you know we're not them. We're not the other side. We're not the left. We don't just smear people and ruin them and and de- destroy their character, destroy their reputations without evidence now there is evidence that there was an influence operation run here and that swalwell was at least steered by it and compromised by it in some way that there was a chinese spy who fled after there was an fbi investigation she fled we all think she was a chinese spy and that she was a honeypot in the parlance of you know espionage amateur espionage sleuths right we all talk about this and now people are bringing up questions about, well, if, if, if Swalwell was targeted, who else? What other Democrats that have always taken a, a softer approach toward China, what other Democrats out there may have been pushed in a certain policy direction? Well, Swalwell, well, well, what's the classic move? You know, it used to be for Democrats when you're caught and doesn't matter what you were caught doing, if you were caught sexually harassing members of your of your media company staff, right, or if you were caught you know, uh, in, in the newsroom, you know, grabbing women from behind or something. And, and you you were really in trouble. You know what you do if you're a Democrat, you say, oh, well, I'm going to do some introspection. I'm sorry if I caused any offense and I'm going to go after the NRA. What's the only thing? I mean, the NRA's had some trouble recently anyway of its own. So what's the only thing that's a, a better, more effective get out of jail free card? than I'm going to go after the NRA. Oh, you all know. It's the Trump team. I'm going to go after Trump. Here's the reason for this. Play
0: four.
5: I can't talk too much about the details of the case, even though others may have violated their oath. I'm not going to violate mine. But the Axios story made it absolutely clear uh, that no information was ever uh, shared. Except, Jim, the people who did share classified information were the people who leaked this story. And to do that uh, against a critic of the president, they may think that they're going to silence me they're not going to silence me, uh, but what they are going to do is they're going to make others think twice when they're asked to sit down and provide defensive information about people like this. I hope none of my colleagues ever find themselves in the position that I found themselves in, that I found myself in uh, by having to sit down with the FBI because someone who had helped the campaign was trying to do this. But I hope every person would want to help their country just as I did.
2: Oh, yeah. Like, like a true patriot, of course. Not because he knew that if he lied to them, he was going to get in trouble. What do you mean? You can't trust the FBI? Oh, wait, I thought I thought they were just total. I thought everything was on the up and up of the FBI. I thought James Comey and Peter Strzok and Lisa Page and McCabe were just patriots, man. The FBI has got no problems, no politicization. Oh, now that a Democrat finds himself on the wrong side of what may be a leak, we're willing to throw the FBI under the bus suddenly and say, hold on, we can't we can't trust them. This is harming our national security. You know what really harms our national security, my friends? Being completely and utterly blinded to the threat of China because people in our elite circles are benefiting from it and there is an enormous corporate incentive and we want to work for corporations and get paid those big paychecks. We want to get their products. Enormous incentive to ignore what's going on here. This is the struggle that was right before our faces that really mattered and Swalwell was a chief Russia collusion and Russia treason propagandist. He accused the president of treason, and now he says, Well, there's not evidence that I was a traitor. Gee, maybe you should learn a lesson here, Swalwell. Maybe you should live your life with some principle. Maybe it wasn't okay to smear a sitting president of the United States as a traitor to his country because it benefited the political interests of your partisan Confederates. I mean, that was a bad idea. And he's, he's learning a, a lesson of his own here. But Eric Swalwell, what, what a mediocrity. We have these people in politics. What you see now, the, the most clear unifying trait of those who rise in elected office uh, in Congress. And I, and I do mean this. you see it more among Democrats you do among Republicans, but it does exist on the Republican side, too. Uh, the, the unifying trait is just a total ruthlessness. And and moral malleability, whatever they got to do, they do whatever they got to say, they say. We have all these stupid mediocrities who are elevated into high public office just because they'll do whatever they've got to do to get ahead and play the game. And I don't know. I don't know how we stop this in the system. The best thing I could think of is call them out and try to get as many people as possible to recognize what a bunch of clowns they are like Swalwell. I'm not even sitting here making all the cheap fart jokes that I could based on that interview. I'm not going to do that, but I could, right? People are doing it because they see this guy swell as a joke. And now perhaps a risk as well as a joke.
0: Bucks off spreading freedom coast to coast. This is the best of the Buck Sexton show.
4: In just a few minutes, I'll sign an executive order to ensure that the United States government prioritizes the getting out of the vaccine to American citizens before sending it to other nations. Now, if necessary, I told you, we'll invoke uh, the Defense Production Act, but we don't think it will be necessary.
2: So America first for vaccines that are being produced by American companies and that the American FDA has approved that. That seems reasonable to me. Right. This is interesting to watch this play out because a government should have a preference for its own people, the people that the government is governing over just the global community. Some on the left are already saying, oh, what is this from Trump? Yeah, that's right. When you when you are the uh, the country that leads the way and creates these vaccines faster than anybody else, and this is an eno- this is an enormous uh, coup for big pharma, which has gotten a lot of bad press in recent years, especially with all the opioid stuff over at Purdue Pharma, which I know is now gone. But this is the chance that we have for going back to our our lives. But I, I want to be very clear the way this is being rolled out now. And I don't mean the, I, I'm sorry, I don't mean the way that Trump and the administration and, the, and, and even the pharmaceutical companies are, but the way that this is being talked about in the media And the Biden administration, which is now assuming that they are in charge, they are doing this in ways that are concerning. Mandatory vaccination with this, if you are under a certain age, there is no reason for you to be forced to get this and no one should be forced to get it. But if you're under a certain age, I mean, if you're under 40, are you going to get this should be like the flu vaccine? People that are at risk should get it. They should get it. People who are at very low risk, they, you know, they maybe, you know, it depends. You're going to make five year olds get this. Really? You're going to make five year olds get this vaccine. The state's going to step in and make people take this. If the state can make you stay in your home, make you inject something in your arm, There is a risk to any vaccine. You all know this. Right. There is some risk, tolerable risk. Notice that that there are some things that cannot be perfect, but that we understand are The best possible option, this would fall into that category for a lot of people, but it's not it's not 100 percent. The state has taken out of your hands the ability to make those risk mitigation and risk assessment decisions on your own. You're not allowed to do that anymore. Now you're told that you have to do whatever they say. Now you're told that you have to allow the government to inject something in your arm and your family's arm. This is going to be a problem. This is going to be a problem. And what makes me absolutely furious is the simultaneous campaign of even if you get vaccinated, you don't get to go back to normal. The restrictions, the masking, the social distancing, the lockdowns, those go away when we say they do. Oh, I thought this was about the science. I thought this was about making sure that we're doing everything that we can uh, to get back to normal as quickly as possible. Certainly it doesn't feel like that, does it? Certainly doesn't feel like that's what's happening when you have people in this way who continue. Continue to show you that they want to control you and they want to push these mandates and these lockdowns going much forward. And look at the clowns who are in charge. I mean, here's. Governor Cuomo talking to Fauci. Ah, ha, ha. It's all all so funny, isn't it? Play 15.
3: I think you have tremendous credibility, not just across the country, uh, but across uh, this state. And I think your voice on saying that the vaccines are safe uh, would be important. I said that as soon as uh, the vaccine is deemed ready and safe, I'll be the first one to take a vaccine. Uh, maybe we enlist you. I'll do it with you. We'll do an ad telling New Yorkers it's safe to take the vaccine. To uh, to you know, put us together. We're like the uh, modern day uh, De Niro and Pacino. You can be whichever whichever you want. You can be. <laughs> The De Niro or Pacino, Fauci and Pacino. Cuomo. I'll give you a front. Who, who do you want to be, De Niro or Pacino? Which one do you want I to be? I love them both. I love them both. I don't want to insult one or the other. If I say one, I don't want to hurt the feelings of the other. Yeah. Who's the politician?
2: <laughs> little bureaucrat Fauci loves all the attention and the celebrity and the power. Don't Don't let the little... I'm a little grand. I'm a little grandfatherly guy. You know, I'm just here to protect you, to give you good advice. He loves this. This guy's been toiling away for decades. Nobody even knew who he was until this year. Really? I, I remember I interviewed him a couple years ago about the flu and it was like, the flu is bad. Don't get the flu. Wash your hands. Kind of like COVID when he talks about COVID. Wash your hands. Don't cough in anyone's face. He loves this attention and this authority and this power. And he is, is quoted as well this week as saying, the vaccine's good, but the U.S. must overcome COVID-19 denial. I hate when they say this. I hate when they make up these stories because, yeah, they're making them up of people who their last words on their deathbed were, I wish I had masked more or I wish I had taken COVID more seriously. This is a lie. This is not what people are saying. All right. That's not people's last words. There, there, are, there isn't some huge contingent of Americans who think that COVID is all fake. There's no such thing as COVID. No one's actually getting sick. That doesn't exist. But this is a way of avoiding a much more important conversation because it's based in what's really happened. Let's look at Fauci's contributions to this pandemic. He told us not to wear masks at the beginning. That is a fact. He told us endlessly in the early days that handwashing was critical, which led people to wipe down their groceries, led people to go around all the time with gloves on. Did that do anything? He said that test and trace would be essential. Yeah. How's test and trace working out? I've been telling you since May that there's no way based on the caseload and logistics we'd be able to test and trace a damn thing. Who was right? Me or Fauci? Yeah. Test and trace uh, was essential, he said. And also, where was Fauci? Where was this voice of of reason and science, as we're always told, when it came to the school shutdowns? Where was that? Oh, yeah. He, he didn't want to upset the Democrats. He didn't want to upset his future bosses in the Democrat Party in his mind. So he decided to be quiet on that. And where's the data on restaurants in New York City? New York Post column today asking that question. I'm wondering, does does anyone want to tell us how many people have we traced in with with restaurants and infections? How many? Why isn't that number published? Why don't we know how many people got sick outdoor dining in L.A.? We have these test and tracers. Oh, you mean we don't have that data? Let's ask why.
0: You're in the Freedom Hut. This is the Buck Sexton Show. Buck took the day off, but don't worry, we've still got you covered. This is the best of the Buck Sexton Show.
1: Uh, Just for your viewers out there, um, I I know one of uh, the individuals who we just saw getting vaccinated is planning on traveling after the second dose. This is a source of confusion, but no, uh, this is one of the misperceptions here. Just because you get vaccinated with that second dose does not mean you should be participating in things like traveling in the middle of an out of control pandemic or that you're liberated from masks. Mm-hmm. Everything still applies until all of us get the two dose regimen. we don't think that's going to happen until June, July. But And again, this goes back to what we just talked about, Chuck. We don't know if just getting the vaccination prevents Serious illness, or does it also prevent you from getting infection um, entirely, meaning you can still get infected with the virus potentially and pass it on to others? So, really, really critical don't let your guard down just because you got vaccinated. You still might be able to get infected with the virus and pass on others. So, please keep that in mind.
2: So, there's a lot they don't know. And the response to what they don't know is you can't have basic liberties and freedoms back. You can't live your life because they don't know. So let's just err on the side of continued isolation, depression, destruction of small businesses till at least next summer until the virus is zero. None of us are safe. None of us are safe. This mentality is outrageous. Uh, Unfortunately, it is the consensus mentality among the elites, among Democrats, among social media giants. They will censor you, as they have done to me, for even questioning this we got another buddy, though, who also questions it and sees the damage, the devastation uh, across the country and in his hometown area of Boston. Jerry Callahan is with us now. He is the host of the Jerry Callahan podcast, longtime Boston radio legend. Jerry, thanks for joining us.
7: Hey, Buck, how's it going?
2: I'm all right, man, but I'm worried because I think that the lockdown left is already showing us that they have they have no intention of letting us start to go back to normal life until at least next summer. And, and others are saying until this time next year already. And it seems to me that no matter how much uh, we can show that the data doesn't support some of the things they're doing and what they're doing is catastrophic for millions of people who are going bankrupt, their businesses are going under. They just don't seem to care, Jerry. They think they've got all the answers.
7: No. It is frightening, Buck, and it's getting worse. And uh, today on my podcast, we developed, we came up with a new word. We've heard of Karens. We all know what a Karen is. Well, now we have Guptas. Guptas are uh, cable TV doctors who don't ever want this to end, who are literally telling us, you will not be liberated. I mean, that, that that's kind of a scary word. It should be, at least. that We're not going to liberate you from all these restrictions and these rules Um, And you're going to have to continue wearing a mask and you're going to have to stay out of restaurants and bars and and don't travel. I mean, he literally says you're not going to be able to travel even after you get the vaccine. Well, what is the point of the vaccine? It's it's bizarre. And I think you and I have uh, agreed on this for a while now that they're just they're never going to let this go. They're going to continue to try to keep us under their control forever.
2: Well, that's that's where I wanted to go next, because I think that we should establish a kind of philosophical understanding right now of what we're actually facing here, because let's just say, uh, for example, that we were to listen to everything that these various blue check MDs who go on on the different cable channels, that Dr. Fauci, who I, I honestly think is a disaster and, and just, I don't know if he's not mm-hmm. that bright. I don't know what his problem is. His judgment is horrible. I think it's more that he's a coward, actually, than he's dumb. But y- you look at where this all goes, Jerry, and the moment that we start seeing stories in, let's say, May or June about, you know, there's going to be some relaxation. The cases are way down. We've got, you know, 50 million Americans vaccinated, 100 million Americans vaccinated. I can almost see right now you're going to see stories about. But what about mutations? What about covid 20? What about covid 21? We have to keep these things, you know, ready to go here because the moment And then I think people realize that. If there's a zero risk to your health standard that these people can enforce and shut down your business and keep you away from relatives on the holidays, if that's the standard, they can use that standard going forward for other things,
7: too. Yeah, And just once they're done with the mutations of the virus, you know, and I know what we're moving on to. And uh, John Kerry will be leading the way. And it'll be we have to do these things to control climate change. It's for your own good. And I'm telling you, I don't know if you agree with me on this, Buck, because you're in New York City, I'm in Boston. I'm kind of disappointed in the level of compliance and the just the the docile submission of so many people. I'm out every day. I'm, I'm running or walking the dog, and when I'm by myself, I'm not wearing a mask because why would I? Let me tell you, everybody else is. They are all going along with this, and they're accepting these measures, even if they make no sense. See, I'm... It's one thing if they tell you you must do whatever because of this reason and they give it and they explain it. Well, here's what happened yesterday in Boston. The mayor shut all gyms for the next three weeks. I mean, they'd already been living with all kinds of uh, restrictions and you, you know limited hours and space. And he just said, we're going to close all gyms for three weeks. And you know what the reason is? He didn't have one. He literally does not have one. They're not Hotspot. They're not a vector. I could give you the numbers. It's unbelievable. They do not, uh, uh, there's no evidence that the the, 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 disease, the virus is transmitted in gyms. He just said, We're locking you down because that's what we did last time we did a lockdown and we're going to follow that protocol. So he puts people out of work, puts people out of business essentially three, uh, 10 days before Christmas and doesn't really give them a reason. And if that doesn't outrage, I mean, it should outrage everyone as much as it does me and you. And it doesn't. And and that I don't know. That just bothers me.
2: Well, one thing I think and and we're speaking to Jerry Callahan, he is the host of the Jerry Callahan podcast, longtime Boston radio legend. Uh, Jerry, you know, we've had a couple of things coinciding here. One is that the the lockdown left turned this into a kind of anti-Trump thing that this was about, that there was this political right. separation. And that's why I'm running around now saying, forget about Trump. For, this isn't about Trump. This is about freedom. This is about what's right. true. This is about free discourse and individual liberty and businesses that should be surviving. And and, and there's still this mentality, I think, of, oh, no, but that's what Trumpers say or something. It has nothing to do, in my mind, this has nothing to do with Trump. This is about what's what's true and what's happening around us. And then there's also the most concerted, suppression campaign i I, i've ever seen in social media i mean i i've been formally reprimanded by the social media giants for sharing cdc studies for sharing things that i just say well look at this doesn't this raise the following questions and they'll put these you know fact checks that aren't actually checking any facts they just say well this lacks context dr fauci said otherwise Oh, I'm sorry. So now. So now if Dr. Fauci says something, it's a fact check. That's fascinating because he told us at the beginning of the pandemic when this was considered to be far more dangerous, actually, by the individual case fatality that it was. Don't wear masks. That was Fauci this year. But now he's a one man fact check. Oh, that's fascinating.
7: He he told us on March 9th, Buck, to don't don't hesitate to go on a cruise. Dr. Fauci told us to go, you know, go ahead, go on a cruise, have fun. And by the way, Go on Tinder and find love if you're if that's what you're looking for. Dr. Fauci gave you his blessing, and we know he's been wrong about everything, and yet you can't challenge him. It is bizarre, and to me, it is it, it, it flies in the face of you know what we see every day on the streets. I'm, I'm I'm walking around, you're walking around, you're seeing these restaurants and businesses and gyms just closed up, boarded up, gone forever. So you try to point out this real ancillary. Uh, uh, effects here. This this real collateral damage. And it's like, yeah, but, um, you know, it's a virus or, uh, you know, people, they give you the number uh, 3,000 dead. And you say, but do you know how many people are unemployed or you know, on drugs or alcohol or their business is destroyed? And it's, it's, it's almost irrelevant. They don't want to hear it. They just say, yeah, but the virus, it's like the only thing that matters when your, your eyeballs tell you that there's a lot of other things going on that just are really, really bad for, for, for society as a whole.
2: What are you seeing in, in Boston about this? Because in New York, we've had a couple of people and in New Jersey, too. In New Jersey, there's Atlas Gym. They've been telling everyone they got a one point two million dollars and counting uh, f- fines from the, the city, from the state of New Jersey. In New York, we had this uh, this pub and restaurant on Staten Island where the guys wouldn't shut down, even though they were told they were in the red zone or the orange zone or whatever it was. And uh, it, well, we call it, those it,
7: babies. Pete, Dav- Pete Davidson and I say those they're a bunch of babies. But go ahead.
2: Yeah, I, I heard that guy. It's, it's nice if you're in media and making a ton of money and can work remotely and or, you know, not have to worry about a paycheck at all that you get to just tell people that are losing their businesses, losing, you know, decades of work in some cases. And and the other thing that I would say, Jerry, is that when we see this, the chance that any one individual restaurant is a real problem in this pandemic based on New York City's official numbers is very, very low. They say they think there's one percent of the spread they can trace to restaurants. 1%? One percent. We're shutting 50, down 10,000 restaurants,
7: I believe. Go ahead. It's It's much like the gyms. They don't. Like at Antilles Gym, they have zero. They've had zero members test positive, and they've had something like a million visits since they opened up illegally. But you're right. Restaurants, it's like 1%. Gyms, it's much, much less than 1%. So again, they're telling you to do things that make no sense. It's one thing to tell you to do something. It's another thing to not give you a reason. It's the same thing here. They came up with these new rules because there was a spike, and we know that most of the cases are at home or nursing homes or hospitals. So they decide, you know, here's an idea. Let's make everyone go home and get out of the restaurants and get out of the gyms. And here yesterday, the gym uh, restaurants were already operating at a limited capacity. Yesterday, they closed all bar seating. No reason given, just we decided we have to do something here to make it look like we're uh, trying to protect you. From the evil virus, so we're not going to let people sit at the bar anymore. And they're just going to keep coming up with new measures until every damn restaurant is gone. I mean, it's the last number I saw was 5,000 restaurants in the state, restaurants and bars that have gone under. It's obviously higher in New York and across the country. And it doesn't seem to affect these, you know, these, these, uh, public you know, office holders who risk nothing, who sacrifice nothing. They just sit there in their office and say, you know what? I'm just going to put another you know, thousand people out of business and put another countless thousands of people out of work before Christmas. And they don't they don't bat an eye. It's remarkable.
2: It is Jerry Callahan. I'm with you on this stuff, man. Keep the faith and, and hold strong up there in Boston. Uh, go check out the Jerry Callahan podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. Jerry, thanks so much for joining us, man. We appreciate it.
7: Thanks, Buck good talking to you
0: liberty truth and great hair you're listening to the best of the buck sexton show
8: yesterday the united states witnessed a medical miracle The first doses of a COVID vaccine were administered to frontline workers across the country. The president promised a safe and effective vaccine in record time, and President Trump delivered. Earlier this year, we heard from several news outlets and so-called fact checks that President Trump would need, quote, a miracle to be right. That was an NBC News article. We were told, according to Healthline, quote, a vaccine will still take more than a year to develop. USA Today warned us that, quote, despite medical researchers' progress, a vaccine, quote, was more than a year away. And National Geographic even told us that achieving a vaccine within, quote, a year to 18 months would be absolutely unprecedented. End quote. These reports deserve their own fact check. False.
2: Indeed. And we see once again how fact checking is abused by libs, how fact checking isn't really about facts. It's just a way to try to add additional gravitas to their opinions and to use it to silence opinions they don't like. Oh, we did a fact check and we're right and you're wrong. We fact checked Trump and here's what we found. How do you fact check a prediction? Does anyone ever think about this? How do you fact check a prediction? Does that ever occur to the people that are trying to do this stuff? You can't. Right. If I told you that the stock market was going to be down 50 percent in six months, you can't fact check me on that. Hopefully that doesn't happen, by the way, because nobody knows. Not possible to fact check it. So what they do is they call it a fact check. Then they'll say experts disagree. That's not a fact. They conflate these things. They do this intentionally. The media did this about the vaccine. And this, yes, certainly had some impact on the election. We had uh, a lot of people who were being told all year, you can't expect that there'll be a vaccine because the media is telling you that Trump is lying and Trump's never going to get a vaccine. And that's what they were saying. And then we turn around and say, well, hold on a second. What would perception have been? What would people have been thinking was likely to happen by the end of the year uh, in terms of the election? If they believe that a, a vaccine was on the way and would be here in December, as it is, as this this is now, the fact is that it is here. Do do they feel any uh, sense of remorse or any sense of embarrassment for getting this wrong? No, of course not. They did it for a reason. And unfortunately, the reason was to stop Trump from winning this election. So they view this probably as a, a big success. They got away with yet another lie. Russia collusion was a lie. But did it work for the Democrats? Trump is trying to destroy the post office was a lie, but did it work? And now we have the vaccine coming this year. They, they said it would never happen. Who was right? Who was wrong? Got to pay attention to this stuff. Got to remember it, too, uh, because these are the people who will turn around now. I mean, this is the same news media that is going to say that we should all, you know, respect our journos and they're going to try this whole game of, oh, now now we can finally trust them. Now we can finally trust them. Um, No, we actually cannot trust them. We cannot. And it's because they've shown us who they are. Here's among the the most preposterous, uh, the most vain, ignorant and worthless of the journos, because he's just a journalist, man. Jim, Jim Acosta, just a journalist. This guy managed to build a career around Trump hatred and then acts like he's. Honest and and ethical as a journo. I mean, it's absurd. This is what he yells at the White House press secretary after she leaves the podium like the sniveling little coward he is. Play three.
8: Really interesting turn of events uh, and good for those who covered what was a story all along and not Russia disinformation. Isn't it
3: hypocritical for you to accuse others of disinformation when you spread it every
2: day? You hear that nasty little it's it's like he's like a mean girl in high school. Isn't it hypocritical for you to say this when you spread disinformation every day? Uh, this is this is CNN's White House correspondent, senior White House correspondent. But we're supposed to take him seriously now. I, I don't know if anyone takes Don Lemon seriously, but here he is talking about the White House press secretary thirteen.
8: He's still pursuing on ongoing litigation at the moment.
5: Did you know she also works with Girl Bye? I mean, there's another Girl Bye. Bye bye.
2: That's all he's got for her. That's that's how respectful they are of the White House press secretary. That's how respectful they are of the process and the sacred norms of our democracy. These journalists make a mockery of their profession on a regular basis and then they turn around and they expect the rest of us to give them respect. They expect us to treat their pronouncements as though they don't come from a place of ignorance, partisanship, bitterness, vanity. Yeah, those are the defining characteristics of the modern political media these days that's what they actually show us day in and day out so I think we should treat them as such I have absolutely no desire no plan no willingness to pretend that the journos are somehow going to get better in the next four years I think we all know they're only going to get worse and they deserve to be held to account and that means substantial amounts of mockery and ridicule because that's what really bothers me
0: buck took the day off but don't worry we've still got you covered this is the best of the buck sexton show i
4: had been saying by my calculation sometime by the end of march the beginning of april that the normal healthy man and woman in the street who has no underlying conditions would likely get it at the end of the day the real bottom line is When do you get the majority, the overwhelming majority of the population vaccinated so you can get that umbrella of herd immunity? And I believe if we're efficient about it and we convince people to get vaccinated, we can accomplish that by the end of the second quarter of 2021, namely by the end of the uh, late spring, early summer.
2: They're going to take as many as many uh, months of your life from you as they can until they realize they no longer have that power. I mean, Fauci is, I think, making that quite clear. He's just effectively telling you that by, uh, by June, let's say, you know, April, May, March, June, July. Oh, sorry. February, January, February, March, April, May, June. So by the end of the second quarter, by this summer, you'll have most people who, who are going to get vaccinated, vaccinated. Do you think that that means that all of a sudden the Fauciites and the the rest of the lockdowners are going to say, you know what? Go live your life, folks. Go travel. Go be around people. Go socialize again. No, they're going to say we can't. We can't know yet. There's virus still out there. The virus is still out there. You'll say, yeah, but there are a lot of viruses still out there. And, you know, life is short. How much more of this are we supposed to take? And what you see is we we have a population, unfortunately, in America. I think we've all gotten so used to everything on demand, delicious food, excellent medical care, you know, super comfortable accommodations, even for people who aren't wealthy by any American standard. We've gotten used to all this and we we all just expect that we're going to live, you know, deep into our 80s, maybe into our 90s or even even triple digits. And, And our belief is that we are all guaranteed that, especially if we listen to the Fauci's of the world. That's just not true. It's just not true. And a lot of people want to live their lives as though they recognize that that is not true, that there are no guarantees here. But what we've seen is the public, unfortunately, hand off to the Fauci's of the world the right to determine for them what acceptable risk risk is here. And, and as long as you are not able to be the arbiter of your own personal risk or risk for your family there will be bureaucrats making those calls for you. And that's what we see going on. So let's assume let, let's play this out for a second. Fauci says that we'll have herd immunity effectively by June, um, her- herd immunity by June. And you would think that at that point we should be having big celebrations That everybody should be able to go out and do what they want to do. Uh, that's just not true. It's just not true. Uh, they're going to say, well, we can't take that risk. We have to wait and make sure that we have a period here of, of almost no COVID case. Yeah, they'll relax on some of the lockdown policies, but they're still going to probably have prohibitions on, on large gatherings. You know, you're not going to be able to have a wedding in a lot of states with 150 people in July, even if we're at herd immunity in June. Because they're just they're going to say, sorry, no risk, not allowed, not allowed. They're, they're going to just hold on. They're going to grip. With their grubby little fingers, they're going to grip the bureaucrats and the apparatus and the Democrats and the Biden apparatchiks. They're going to hold on to this power with everything they've got. And the Cuomos and the Newsoms and all the rest of them, because they really want you all to submit. They want us to be begging to get some normalcy, some freedom back, so that then we forget, right? There's almost like a hostage uh, hostage vibe here, where when the hostage taker you know, finally gives you a, a slice of cold pizza or something after they've held you for a few days and you're starving, you're thankful to your hostage taker. Oh, my gosh. Thank you, Mr. Hostage Taker. You know, thank you, terrorist. You're going to finally let me have, like, something to eat. You're going you're gonna to let me go to the bathroom now or you're going you're gonna to give me some water? It's been two days. Oh, my gosh. You know, this, this happens. This is a, a psychological response that you'll have to high-stress situations, and I think they're counting on that. I think their belief is that whenever they begin to give us back our basic rights to live our lives, we'll be so beaten down at that point and so frustrated and so tired of all of this that just anything to make it stop will be our our mentality, and that means that we won't question them, we won't bring up any of this. We'll just say, sure, anything to make it stop. Um, And Fauci is out there telling everyone to get vaccinated. How's that going to go? Place seven.
6: You have said you would get vaccinated publicly, Dr. Fauci. Any update on when? You know,
4: I don't. I mean, I'm going to wait to see. Uh, We're getting a shipment. uh, I maybe already have a shipment here on the NIH campus. I As soon as my turn comes up, which likely will be very soon, I'm going to be available to get vaccinated publicly so that people can see that I feel strongly that this is something we should do. And hopefully that will encourage many more people to get vaccinated.
2: They're going to say that as long as they think there's still people that have to get vaccinated, even those who have been vaccinated don't get to live their lives in greater freedom. That becomes the coercive mechanism. That then becomes, sorry, I know you did your part. You've listened to Fauci all along. You've worn the masks. You've, you've social distanced. You, you lost your business. You shut down. You're going bankrupt. You, del- you did everything that Fauci told you. And you think, okay, well, I got vaccinated. Now I should be good to go. Right now I don't have to worry anymore. And Fauch is there to say, well, maybe you got vaccinated. But there are a lot of millions of other people that didn't get vaccinated. And let, let's all understand this. If we can just get nursing homes vaccinated across the country by the numbers, this is not this is not just a guess. By the numbers, the monthly death rate should should drop in half. By the by the time. So if we get by the end of December, if nursing homes uh, are all vaccinated across the country, which would be pretty ambitious, that may not happen, but let's say by by you know mid-January, late January, All the nursing homes have had all their residents vaccinated against this. You should you should see a 50 percent or more decline in mortality from the virus, 50 percent on a monthly basis. And that's based on what we've already. That's that's on months and 50 percent of deaths up to this point. Have been nursing home residents, 50 percent of them up to this point have been nursing home residents. So. You could even make a case that should be once you get all the nursing homes vaccinated, it might even be a larger number than 50 percent. But nonetheless, when do we actually get to uh, live our lives again? When do we get to stop wearing these dumb masks all the time? I hate them. I hate it. I, I think it's a it's submission to popular panic and to the will of the mob. I have to wear a mask outside now in New York City. This is idiotic. There's no science to back that up. Don't you know, I'm not going to listen to these libs and they pull the science card. But there's no science that says you got to wear a mask outside. Think about it this way. People have been eating in New York City restaurants for months now, and they have this test and trace program, which is pretty much a joke. But, you know, they do some testing and tracing. And think about it this way. They have looked at the data and told you that when people sit in an enclosed space in a restaurant with no mask, which is what happens when you're eating, that's 1% of the spread. But we are all supposed to believe we are all supposed to think that outdoors there's a lot of spread happening. That outdoors you should be wearing a mask based on what? Where is the data to suggest that outdoor mask wearing is is intelligent and that people should be doing this? Where is it? Oh, it's a solidarity thing. It's a political thing. Notice the moment that the science does not clearly, does not support one of their positions, the conversation suddenly shifts. The moment that they can't just yell science at the top of their lungs and all of us go, oh, okay, well if it's what the science says, what do they do? They just shift and say, no, now it's actually about politics. Now it's about something else. Now there are other considerations that we're all supposed to have. Oh, isn't that Isn't that uh, convenient? Uh, Convenient indeed. And as for the vaccine itself, I have concerns here from what I'm reading in some of the analyses of the data. Not that the vaccine does not work. I think the vaccine seems to work quite well. But. They they're telling well here, here here's what Fauci is saying about this Play six
4: and we did not see any severe adverse events there is reactogenicity which really means the typical things that you get sore arm some muscle aches maybe a little malaise sometimes a fever it usually doesn't last any more than 24 to 36 hours. But with regard to severe adverse events, that's the reason why when you go from tens of thousands of people to now, 2.9 million doses have been shipped to about 145 locations today. So when you get that many people, you want to make sure you keep a heads up for the occurrence of any adverse events that you did not see in the trial.
2: He's saying that. You know, they they may learn some stuff here as people are getting this vaccination about the reactivity, I think is what he called it. Uh, There were There were people who got fevers, who got, uh, you know, extreme fatigue, things like that from taking the vaccine. And, you know, they they also in the tests that that Pfizer did. um, They mostly I think it was five to 10 percent of the people were over 60 in the Pfizer. So most of the people who got the vaccine in the Pfizer trial were younger, healthier people. That's also an interesting, well, we'll see how this plays out because if you're 30 years old, why are you going to get this vaccine in six months when everyone who's at high risk already has gotten it? Th- think about this. Think about the way this will be rolled out. You're going to have people that are very, uh, the, the people that are at high risk, we're going to get it first. And so over time, you'll have fewer and fewer People who are really incentivized because, well, if everyone in the senior homes, you know, if I didn't have to worry about people over 50 getting covid, really over 65 getting covid, I wouldn't worry about this really at all. It's it's less dangerous to people under 50. It's less dangerous than a bad seasonal flu. That's just a fact. So if we get the people in the high risk category vaccinated, why is the expectation uh, beyond that? Supposed to be that everyone what I mean, are we going to are we going to not achieve herd immunity? And even when five year olds haven't been vaccinated, there'd be a lot of parents are going to say, look, I'm not sticking this thing in my kid. There's no long term trial that's been done on this. And kids are at no risk. So why should and kids can barely, if ever, spread it to people who are older than them. So do kids have to get it, too? You know, when they talk about herd immunity, I think this is going to be a very interesting discussion. What is that even it's a concept? What does that even mean in practice? But see, they don't want you to ask any of these questions. They don't want you to think about this. They just want you to jab the needle in your arm, shut up, wear that mask, do what you're told. Now, America is not the not the give me liberty or give me death country that we thought we were. We've learned that it's been very unfortunate. It's been very sad, although I, I am pleased every time I see some business owner who tells one of these health bureaucrats to go stuff it.
0: bucks off spreading freedom coast to coast this is the best of the buck sexton show
3: First off, look, it's our responsibility. Wear your mask, social distance, wash your hands. Um, you know, be careful. I mean, that's what we have to do. If you've been around somebody or you tested positive, uh, like I did, you know, a month or so ago, you to—you got to quarantine, which I did. Uh, so that's what you have to do. But we got to get this economy going. Look at this, but go back, Steve. The, these states that have the bad unemployment, that's what they're doing. They keep shutting these things down. How can you, how can people put food on the table yeah. if they don't have a job? And, they, and, you know, these guys like Cuomo, they don't don't care. They're doing fine. He's always done fine. It's everybody else. He's hurting the poorest families in in his state. We're not
6: going to do that in Florida.
2: Florida is showing that this stuff that they've made us all do, these lockdowns and these extreme responses, all this, uh, it's unnecessary. Why have all these mandates when Florida is doing better than a place like New York is doing right now or better than a place like California is doing overall without all the mandates? Right. Or rather, they have the mandates and Florida does not. So what advantage is there of them? The data does not support it. But then what you see, and this is what Senator Rick Scott brings up here, uh, the people that are making these uh, these decisions, the people that are saying these things, they are not themselves suffering. Governor Cuomo hasn't missed a paycheck. Governor Newsom hasn't missed a paycheck. These are wealthy people who continue to really in many ways grow wealthier as their power increases. It just means that They'll have more opportunities to cash in on their political uh, on their on their political power down the line. The accumulation of this will just mean that, you know, they're they're bigger names now. They are known more in in national level circles. So all the influence peddling, all the stuff, all the ways they'll be able to monetize this period, those continue for them. But we were never all in this together. Uh, We were never all in this together. There were some people who are actually suffering terribly economically from this they're watching their businesses be destroyed they're going bankrupt they're they're having a horrible time of it and there are other people who very clearly are able to just continue on as is and not suffer any particular consequences from this right there's a lock lockdown for them just means work from home for a lot of people it's a dream come true look i'm sitting here telling you right now i i am perfectly happy to not have to go to a formal radio studio anymore there's no advantage for me in that, right? Now I live in New York City, and I have to go into a TV studio every day, and I have to, you know, inter- interact in the outside world in New York. So I'm subjected to a lot of the COVID nonsense as well as the COVID risks. Uh, but for for tons of people, I mean, if you live in a big house in the suburbs, and you know, this has just meant you've really gotten used to ordering, you know, your your groceries from Amazon. And having Uber Eats, you know, deliver Chinese food to you. That's all this is really meant for them. And, you know, you don't get to go to big parties for a while. Oh, you know, oh, well. So some people have had a terrible time of this and others have not. And the media is overwhelmingly representative of the people that have actually thrived financially and economically during the pandemic. I've done quite well while all of this was happening. That's that's the truth. You know, the media has been part of this class that has benefited from it uh, in many ways. So I I just I continue to to see this disconnect and this lack of appreciation in the media for the for the people out there who are just saying, you know, what am I supposed to do here? You know, making a decision that ruins someone's business, that bankrupts their family that should not be taken lightly, and it should, it should not be something the government is even able to do...